0: okay one two three hello Hello, everyone everyone. why
1: do you always (laughs) say it slower i just can't understand
0: (laughs) this is so difficult okay (laughs) it's easy it's easy one two three hello Hello. everyone (laughs) synchronization welcome to the you don't look like an engineer podcast Today, we are
1: bringing you a bold chat from someone I met at work. She has more than 14 years of experience under her build and the expertise too much. She tells it like it is, touching on topics like the gender pay gap, harassment in the workplace and general advice for girls on how to be seen and heard in the workplace. Without building more hype, let's get into it. Majina, could you start with telling our listeners a little bit about where you're from?
2: Hello everyone, whoever is listening. My name is Marzena. I am a Polish-Australian engineer. I live in Melbourne. I love this place and I work for Arab. Uh, a little bit of my, about myself. So I've got approximately, counting everything, 20 years of experience in engineering. I came to this beautiful country 14 years ago and I found it uh, really welcoming. I studied in Poland, a very long five years to achieve the master degree in civil engineering. Um, Yeah. So that's pretty much it. I've got two daughters, my single parents, single and happy, (laughs) managing everything, working full time, juggling, you know, that's that's the way it it goes in life
0: sometimes. Wow. Incredible. Thank you so much for sharing (laughs) that. (laughs) That's a great introduction. I have so many questions. Um, so you went to a uh, university in Poland, right? Where was that? That's place? correct. Okay. How was sort of like the transition?
2: And- oh, between, transition between the studying the uh, information and coming to Australia. So I found that the university, how they uh, sort of teach us, I think, uh, it's everything. You have to be good in everything. They teach you mechanics, uh, biotechnology, chemistry, uh, any kind of type of engineering, mechanical engineering, structural engineering, everything in civil. Um, When you're finishing after a long five years, it's not uh, just as simple as probably in Australia that you sort of just finish and maybe you uh, write uh, some diploma work and that's about it. Over there is more... They squeeze you to the end. They almost like a natural selection. Like I remember, there was uh, almost 200 people starting on their year one, and finished only 30. Mm -hmm. So they, like I said, natural selection. So the the knowledge is very broad and it's very detailed. So when I first, before I came to Australia, I was uh, living and working in UK, and I found that. There's a many things that are not applied or not used uh, in England, for example, all the materials or things that can be done much more easily, efficiently, Um, you know, from the financial point of view, also cheaper. So the difference between my studying and working is simply you study, you go to work and it's a new beginning. You've got basics, wherever you go, but you have to learn again from the start processes uh read the standards you don't have to memorize it but you have to learn to use it when to use it how to use it you know you have to look at the bigger picture when you're looking at the project it's not just only you it's other disciplines that you tend to forget people in the offices sitting in those little cubicles you know and you sort of put your head up and you're thinking them just hiding hiding is like i'm not here and I tend to go up and talk to them because I want not make them aware. It's like, hey, my drainage influence what you're doing. What you're doing influence what I'm doing. So it's just, you know, let's keep it in the loop. Let's just looping and be advised, you know, being copied in emails So we all know where we are, what's happening. And there's any possible uh, problems that, you know, someone's not going to do the big eyes. But saying that... Polish university degree, it's a brilliant, the GIFs opens many doorways, it's not one way directed. I could be an um, engineer working in the building side, I could be engineer working in the offices, I would be engineer designing uh, some utility stations, I could be in uh, like a, a council offices, um, chemical, mechanical, no. anything. I can just literally go and pick what I want because they uh, squeeze us and teach us all the important things about everything. So my, my pretty much uh, fascination was about the pipes and hydrology and hydraulics. And I went in that sort of, uh, in that space. So when I got to England, so I jumped in quickly, well, I had a struggle, let's put it this way. I went as a waitress, worked in a hotel. Yes, I learned many traits in my life, which I have to say, waitressing is the worst from all of them. The most difficult, the tiring is, you know, you're doing double shifts, you're on your legs and the people are ugly. Really, really. So I put my head down and if I'm in the restaurant and I'm seeing someone being uh, really, uh, you know, uh, ugly with the waitresses, a few times I actually got up and said, hey, you know, go swap see how it is, you know, how it feels. Like such a, you know, person like you disrespect hard working people. It doesn't matter. You don't know who she is or he. All of those young people, they study. Okay? They at the university, the students. They're just working there to, you know, earn some money for whatever they need. You mm-hmm. know, and people are absolutely disrespectful. I'm so furious. Like I said, I I work in some funny electronical factory when I was 14 just to earn some money for my winter jacket that I wanted, not that my mom wanted to buy me. It's all that, you know, what I want, I need to make a plan and deliver. I love (laughs) that. So, um, yeah. So, look, respect for anything and anyone, you know, whatever you do in your life. I was even working in a butcher shop to earn some money to go back to university once upon a time, uh, as my parents were, well, on the poorer side and couldn't support two children studying in a different town, you know, to to give them money for studying. So, I managed to finish first first year, first semester, so it's like six months, and I managed to get a student break, magically, because that's never happened before, Uh, and I work in a butcher shop six days per week from six to six. Oh, big days. So I saved for the whole yeah, look, it's uh that's another hardcore thing, you know, uh dealing with people and and axes and knives. Uh but there is no shame in any job you do, you know, and uh people should be proud for what they're doing in life. End mm. of story. So going back to engineering. So I went through a long process of difficulties to get where I am at the moment.
1: (laughs) But where did the motivation to join a STEM pathway come from? Uh, I don't know, just the logic, I
2: think. Uh, Logic and my skills. So my motivation was, I think, starting in primary school, where my teacher told me that I will never be good for university or any kind of higher degree because I should be, probably be a hairdresser. Wow. And, and her evaluation came from the fact that my mom lo- worked in a factory and my dad worked on a building site as a supervisor, you know, all physical work, okay? So that was her evaluation of me. This is where I got really upset and I said to myself, why this woman... Seeing my future like that, it's not fair. Also, why is she judging me from where I'm coming from? Uh, you know, just because my parents are uneducated by meaning not having a university degree or anything like it, you know, and they are physical workers. So this is where it starts. like, right, nobody's going to tell me who I'm going to be. This is me <laughs> going to tell myself who I want to be. And when I was, I think, great four or five, I looked at the sort of market, what's happening, and I look into the future, it's like, what do I need to have these days to get a good job? I was like, oh, I need to have primary school finished, maybe secondary or like college, and that's it. A few years later, I evaluated that again. It's like, oh, so now you have to have a college and something extra after that. And I remember when I was in college, I was a sort of 13, 14, 15, years old uh, young woman I looks like right now these days you need to have primary school college university you have to know two fluent languages and have postgraduate study and at least 10 years of experience it's like right where am I gonna get all of that (laughs) especially the 10 years experience when you're like in your 20s so I started to look at So my choice of college was very general. So there was a general school that had all the uh, basic subjects like physics, chemistry, mathematics, Polish, English, German, and whatnot. And I gave myself time to figure it out, what I want to do and who I want to be in life, in my life. And this is at the end of it, I thought, right, what do I like? Really? It's like, oh, I like mathematics, science. It's cool. Physics is cool. Chemistry terrible. But I will just put it aside. It's like, what else? It's like, oh, I like, I'm very artistic. So I paint, draw, sculpture, build, you name it, you know. It's like, right. So if I combine those two together, what can I do with it? You know, because some people I'm asking, like my brother's uh, children, it's like, what's your skills? Oh, I like basketball. It's like, right. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. What else? Right? That's not going to give you any any good job really because you're not probably no, you're not going to be a professional uh so i look at it it's like right so what about architecture there's science there there's definitely technical drawing you know visualization it's a good uh way to go you know but then i look like right so after that after long five years what am i gonna have where i'm gonna go like my parents don't have any connections the architectural offices are small so it's niche market to get there, like to open up your own, even, it's like, oh, I've got no money. Parents got no money, so it's a no-go. I look at the structural engineering, um, but I saw some subjects which just didn't talk to me at all. It's like, right, that's definitely not for me, and that was right. Um, so I looked at the civil engineer. I like, okay, there's a technical drawing. There's some subject that I kind of know about. My dad work on a, a building site, putting into the ground big uh, heat pipes and whatever, sewage pipes and whatnot. It's like, right, so if I'm going to have a problem, I'm going to ask him. It's like, yeah, I like that. He's a science and some creative work. Let's put it this way. So this is the way I've chosen my occupation because many, many friends of mine just went and did the marketing because they didn't evaluate their skills and they end up finishing five years of studying and not uh, working in marketing because that wasn't the thing that they wanted to do. You know, you have to spend some time to find out what your skills are and where you can place them. You know, even arts, you could have think like, oh, Uh, You can be an artist, like not necessarily, you know, there's a creativity in everything. Creativity bring innovation. So if you don't do any artistic things, you're limiting yourself from being a creative person and sort of, you know, looking outside the box, what's in there. You know, like with everything, we've got innovation happening uh, every now and then by just calling one product something else, you know,
0: using it to something else, you know. And this is also innovation. How has your experience Mm -hmm. as a woman, as an engineer in in this industry been? And especially here in Australia and over there in Europe when you were there? Uh, Good and bad,
2: I would say. Um, Good. uh, Good part is uh, that when I'm hired or I was hired, nobody really... I uh, looked at that I'm a woman, they looked at my skill set, uh, what I can do. Uh, if they ask me any questions, they just look or, or listen to what I have to say. So that is a bonus of it, that nobody sort of, like even in Poland, you know, had the questions. Do you have a boyfriend? No. Oh, you're going to have one one day. Do you have kids? No. Oh, so I'm not 100% available one day, you know to keep myself working so in here it's a little bit different the same the same was in the UK nobody really evaluated me um, l- by looking at me as a woman or men but pay wise definitely yes even here in Australia there's a big gap still uh, for women in any kind of uh, position if it's the graduate or managerial or whatnot, there's a big gap between us and men still still something that the company should uh, work towards mm. to change, you know, because we are not worse than they are. Sometimes I think we are better, actually. I don't think I know we're better. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we are better. Look, uh, they tend to talk around the block and we tend to look into the little gaps and we tend to visualize and see uh, sort of something that they don't see it. But when it comes, you are the person that already mentioned that before, you know, And but they, you've been dismissed, simply saying, you know. That's what's annoying part of being a woman engineer. You have been, or I've been many times dismissed. Or uh, even sort of uh, through their recent sort of WPT project, uh, the uh, person who was reviewing uh, my design mentioned words is, um, designer, please design acknowledge in a way that I was like, oh, it's like a slap in the face, that this, this, this must be done. It's like, okay, I am not a child. That is one. <laughs> please do not talk to me like that, okay? It's a professional uh, company and we have all professionals. Look, like I kind of dismissed that because I was tired and I just wanted to move on forward. I got that really ugly comment saying, do you acknowledge? Like, yes, I do. Stop repeating yourself, please. You're not my father. Okay? I know. I know what needs to be done. And this is, we are in this phase, that are many unknown. So this is nothing I can do about it. But anyway, so uh, the bad things about engineering are those those things that you are dismissed and your ideas are not good enough. Um, Also... Another thing is, uh, in my experience from other countries is that Australia is lacking in uh, sort of from technology point of view. There's so many materials there in Europe that are used, so many beautiful things, like all the, all the big reinforced concrete pipes are replaced with clay and here nobody does it. And if they hear it, it's like, no, that is, no, that's not right. It's like, why not? Like, over there, they're doing it. It's like, no, 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 we can't, we can't. Um, another thing I have to say, I never went for a Christmas party. neither in England or Australia. Never. Never, never. I went once in Poland when I was working there for a little uh, team building uh, event. Okay. And some people had too much to drink. Some words were spoken by my male supervisors, which then forced me to uh, leave the company. So that's another uh, sort of sexist problem that uh, many even young ladies don't mention, or they kind of dismiss, or they don't want know where to go. Even there was a, actually, one lady. Uh, in a recent company I worked that on my sort of, uh, just before I exit the company, she mentioned to me something like that, very similar thing happened to her, some funny commentary from the other male engineer. And I said to myself, my goodness me, it's like, that will never end. And I advise her to look, if something like this will happen next time, you're going straight to HR, okay? It's, you guys not buddy buddies okay, Uh, you're not friends from university or whatever, that's a working place, okay, and we all should follow some rules, you know, Uh, and as we go, every time we we join the new company, we're going through this whole process of uh, training, right, how to recognize sexual harassment, what to do about it, but then when we work, we tend to forget that, but that's ongoing, whatever I went that happened, so hence, I don't go to um, Christmas parties just to avoid that, you know, because I, if I really like the place where I'm working, I just want to stay there. Yeah. Mm. Good and
1: bad, you know, that always come together. Those are two very, very interesting, uh, like important topics I think that you touched on there, like the the pay gap and also like the the harassment side of things as well we keep hearing that there's like a leaky pipeline. Do you think that the, the sexism side of it is a big part of why women leave this industry and just decide to work in another one?
2: hundred percent, yeah. If you, if you look around, if you go to the office, it's pretty much packed with guys, male engineers all around. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of, depending who you are, it could be quite intimidating, you know, to be sort of surrounded. Once upon a time when I was working in London, that was my first gig in London, in England in general, as a, a graduate engineer. So there was a small consultancy. And literally I could have tell that one of the owners, 60, 60 something, you know, uh, just liked me too much. Mm. So to the point that he actually said, oh, Marjana please, I, you're going to sit next to me you know, in, in this room here next to me because I want to see what you're doing. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, I just want to survive six months. So I've got something in my CV that I can use to get a new job, okay, in engineering. Not the waitress and just engineering. It's so like, please, just, I was just hoping he's not going to do anything creepy. Uh, so he uh, any any moment sort of during my working day, he was just sleeping. Behind my shoulder, like face to face, like what are you doing? And he was breathing in my ear. I was thinking, oh my god! And then once upon a time, I had a. Uh, we went to see one of the uh, architects, and uh, we were designing some drainage and uh, structural design for, I think, school. It was a school or some sort of building. And I was sunbathing on that weekend, so I was nice and brown. His question was, Jenna you've been sunbathing. I was like, yeah. So are you this brown everywhere on your body? And I'm thinking, my. God, what do you do? I'm with a guy on the train, okay, there's no witnesses, I'm thinking, there's no HR even, okay, in this t- tiny consultancy of 10 people, and I'm thinking, my God, I need to run, run before things can get worse, so I managed to get out, you know, you have to sort of, I'm patting myself in the shoulder that I survive this time, and I managed to sort of squeeze myself, like, just one more month, just just do your thing stay away and (laughs) because it was creepy Um, creepy. and this is where
1: this is where people living inappropriate very inappropriate
2: very oh they've got a nasty uh, manager that is a sexist doesn't say straight in your face but it will will do different kind of work on you, say, oh, this is wrong, or, mm-hmm. you know, this design is not right, the report is wrong, blah, 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 this mistake That's made, will make you feel, you know, it's this kind of harassment just to, just to kick you out from the team, sort of, thing. little by little, it will get into you when you've got someone like that being nasty to you. And I heard many stories from my uh, female um, friends in engineering, you know, about the sort of male managers not being nice uh even my experience with my uh, one of my previous employees em- employers uh was um yeah one of the project manager was just you know if you are you've got your team right you're stand behind your team you can't stand against them and they call us shitty engineers shitty designers like how come you go to a client and say that you know, it's like so unprofessional. Like, I feel like someone punched me in the face. <laughs> and he put some stuff for me in my in my absence, so sort to of speak, into the report and then asked me to answer the questions when the client said, what's that? Why is this here? It's like, I didn't put it in there. Well, Janine, you, know, you have to reply to it. You have to answer comments. It's like, why? I was like, why mm-hmm. is it even even there? <laughs> Blimey. You know, it's a... I don't like it, Uh, but there is no place in this world which is perfect. But definitely that's one of the reasons uh, the women leave the industry and they don't want to work as engineers from many aspects, you know, there are some people thinking that we are only good uh, to be in the kitchen or working as exactly hairdressers, you know, in the retail shopping, nothing else, you know, being mothers or girlfriends, that's it.
0: That there's still such a like um we still have to challenge the um gender roles but um it's really disappointing that they're still like making comments like that.
2: It is look. Yes, look, um I came across things like that and it was just ugly. You know, it's you've got nobody to to talk to even. You know, you go to HR. HR is generally will never stand behind you if that is sort of against a higher-grade engineer, okay? They're just going to dismiss that. That's about it. You know, ah, oh, oh, he's had a bad day. It's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Every day is a bad day, right? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, one of my old friends I work with, she, she had uh, some sort of uh, – bum-grabbing once upon a time on a, a, a post-project event, you know. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm talking about, you know. It's just everywhere. Would
1: that have been recent or like?
2: Oh, that was maybe like two years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Or oh, pre-COVID, I would say. Yeah, okay. That's pretty recent, you know. Uh, look, there was a complaint, obviously, that way too HR and higher. So I think they made the guy resign. And he wasn't with us that time. He was from a different company. But it just happens everywhere. Well, everywhere. So you surround with men on a daily basis. Like it's uh, in a way expected that someone will, uh, you know, develop some, let's call it, attraction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards the sort of, you know, when I'm looking at you guys, pretty a lady engineer, you know. Yourself yeah.
1: too. <laughs> but like i get why they would have to fire them but there has to be something different in like i don't know whether it's the education like what level do you think it stems in that we need to attack it so that this doesn't happen you know he's he's fired from here he'll go do it somewhere else like it's not like he's learned his lesson um,
2: um when i'm looking at my girls for example now they one of them going to the kinder the other one is going to the primary school and they have going through the uh, sort of teaching process of all of those children, of uh, respect to each other, respecting women, specifically that. So I think things may change, uh, not for, for our generation at all, for those little ones, um, that they will be taught how to behave, especially the little boys, and how to treat women. But it's all up to you, really. You know, at the end of the day, uh, how you feel about the other gender, you know, and how in general you feel about people that surround you in your office, all depends. Yeah, it's
0: definitely, I think, learned behavior that we have allowed for what you were saying at the beginning before we started recording this episode. Um, We, as women, are scared of like speaking up and letting ourselves sort of like... I guess it's just we're scared of standing out, especially in like in a male-dominated industry in which we don't have many re- representation. So it is intimidating, especially when you walk into a room and everyone's a man, as you said. So mm. it comes a lot of it comes from a lot of that. Yeah, look, I it took me a
2: while to uh, grow the steel V, not the man pass, steel like V, that. and literally. <laughs> Because we have to look we've i've been I've been slammed in the head for so long uh literally I've been told once, oh, you're working part time four days a week, you are kind of not eligible for promotion, you know it's like what this has to do with anything I'm doing extra hours, so much more work. You know, I deliver on time, even in those four days. Yes, I've got the little kids which I bound with and I have to, you know, there's, there's no other way for me to, to go around the block. It's like, is it five days make a difference? You know, in your little spreadsheet.
1: So that's literally what I wanted to ask. Like, has it affected your, your, your career, your progression, the way people view you as a mother?
2: Look, I've got no idea <laughs> Definitely not. Look, expectation is as it is. You know, uh, the deadlines don't wait. Um, the mm. projects don't care. You know, the manager sees just the numbers. Uh, you know, and doesn't matter what your situation is. If you're a single mom or not, or single person, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, uh, you're fulfilling this position and you should... Uh, do what your contract says pretty much hence if I've got if I had I remember there was one day I had a I think sit meeting with V-Line and contractors and and I had my both girls at home uh, being sick on COVID (laughs) with COVID (laughs) so they were like mama could you please come to the toilet to wipe my, hmm? I was like, yes, in a minute. And everyone is hearing that. means like, excuse me, everyone. I will be right back. And I just went and I went back, put my camera on. It's like, mama, can I give you a kiss? Okay. And I said, excuse me, everyone. My children are at home. We're isolating. We've got covered. And funny enough, everyone just went with thumbs up. Yeah, you're doing a great job. It's like, okay, that's the first one. (laughs) You know, they just let it slide. But look, if that happened pre-COVID, I promise you guys, there would be some uh, people really upset with the situation that I'm on a call with this professional meeting, whatnot, and I've got my kids running around. Mm. Uh, But like I said, look, it's... Being mother or being single mother or being anyone has nothing to do what you need to do for work. But like yeah. you take
1: some time off and then you come back and everything, I suppose, when you, you, you came back from like mat leave or whatever was just as per normal? Or do you feel do people think you're slightly behind or something?
2: Oh, definitely. Definitely. They think that you're slightly behind mm-hmm. because you had that gap. Similarly to if you say took a, a year of uh, traveling. Mm -hmm. right? But what I learn in the real time is it will take you around three to four weeks to go back to the level that you were before the break, literally. So advice for everyone do not consider that maternity leave or the break in a traveling or whatever else as something that can lower down your mm. salary expectations. It's
0: a good advice for young professionals.
2: Okay, because that's what I did. I thought, oh, I was, mm. you know, I was so long. And then I had another child and I went to America. I worked a little bit, on, you know, uh, online, sort of speak, with uh, Australian companies. But I could have said I had at least three to four years break in between. But it literally took me three to four weeks to go back exactly. It's almost like a riding bicycle. Momentarily, mm, mm. it's like, what is that? Oh, what was it? Just a question to your colleagues. Like, oh, of course. And then all this information coming back from the back of your head to the front. And you all remember, and this is where I was sort of upset with myself, that I asked for money that... Uh, should be for, say, a person with three years of experience just because of I devaluate myself through that uh, sort of three years of not working or working on and off even online. But Mm. never do that. It takes you literally a month to go back exactly to the level you were before. Mm. Mm. So start with that. You had a break? Doesn't matter. You know, look at your salary, what was previously, just add 10, 20% to it and go with it. And a good advice is always, well, not always you're going to get the answer, is to ask, what's the budget for mm. the position? Which we tend to forget to ask, you know, because that's what the agent's doing. That's another really terrible thing. But the person is worth, like my good colleague, I would say he's definitely worth like 140000 or $150,000 a year, at least. And just because of he was underpaid, the agent who found him a job just added ten percent to it, and you know he agreed. It's like, what are you doing, man? Mm. Don't never agree to just whatever your salary was. And that's what I did with um, I think my previous em- uh, employment. I said to my agent, "Look, doesn't matter what I what I was earning. I was underpaid, and it wasn't exactly what I should be earning. What I want is this. If they're happy to pay me that." I'm calling this still V moments, you know, when you're asking for what you really want. Okay. And yeah. please do not afraid to ask because what you can get is the answer saying, like I did, or oh, it's on a little bit higher end, but it's within the brackets, which is a good thing. You know, if the answer was, oh, it's outside the budget, this is where you would know you need to lower down your expectations. If it's within the bracket, I could have pushed it even further. But I just went to the higher level, which I thought the position could be worth. And I was right. And I got it. It's like, ha, huh, there you go. Because nobody will really tell you the budget. They might have, say, exaggerating, 180000 for the position. And you go and you say, uh, request hundred and ten. dollars It's a saving 70000 for that particular
0: engineer, right? Because you didn't know really what you're asking for. Yeah, yeah, totally. So there's very powerful um, feedback that you are, well, not feedback, sorry, advice that you are providing, especially for young professionals. And I would like to know whether you learn this through experience and through going those um, hard situations or whether you had someone that was supporting you uh, and mentoring you through your career. Oh, definitely my own
2: experience. My Just my own experience. People tend to, uh, as we know, nobody talks about what they're earning, for example. Nobody, uh, you know, everyone's keeping this as a little secret. I was actually talking to uh, uh, our sort of joint uh, female engineer. And I said to her, do you want to know? I was like, I bet you do. There you go. That's what I'm earning. Okay, so you can be aware of, with me, with so many years of experience, that's what I ask for, and that's what I got. Okay. So and she's so like, oh, nobody shares that with me. It's like, exactly that's the problem, because when we don't share, and maybe that's the thing that should be also, uh, maybe not change. The women should talk with each other about it more. So be aware of where you could be, because someone say. Can have six years of experience in engineering, and it's for me salary. It's more evaluation of your skills, not the years of experience. You can have that number there, but you do much more. You know that should be exactly uh, priced those great skills, um, not how many years of experience you've got. yeah like sohan knows i go around the block (laughs) and i talk to people (laughs) bring people together because that's what i've noticed it's really good yeah this is where this is where um we need to pay attention to those things i need to talk about it more you know Mm -hmm. so all of this is my own experience and evaluation of of what happened to me and uh yeah. And when in that moment where I sort of decided to ask for what I actually should be earning or the position I should have, I got it. And I was like, huh, so it's not so difficult. You just need to plan it well, mm. always before the pass. You have to speak mm. to your manager. You know, nothing going to happen in between sort of the, uh, the, the uh, yearly pass checks, you know, and conversation. This is where things change. This is where if you request, like I did, I didn't call it promotion. I call it title change, (laughs) literally. They call it promotion. It's like, nah. It's really, I should be there like ages ago, but you guys sort of devaluated me because I was Mm part-time. And I literally requested full-time, salary increase, job title change. And I got it. And it's like, it's not difficult. We just need to be brave enough. Uh, to do it, to go for exactly what we want in life. Otherwise, nobody will give us for free. That's the problem that we are scared and afraid, you know, that we're going to be dismissed or Mm. someone will tell us no. Yeah, okay, fine. But if you don't try, you will never know. I could be dismissed, you know, and end up, look, I probably would have just pulled the plug and uh, uh, changed jobs anyway and go from there you know if they uh, someone doesn't want to give you this way then there's other options always you know yeah
0: yeah that's very powerful thank you so much for sharing that because it is so true and and i think if you you would you would be a great mentor so it would be good if you could help <laughs> all this. I think so. You, the way you speak is really powerful. 100%. Um, very empowering. Um, I have another question, just because I am also, I guess, um, like I can actually. When you were talking at the beginning, I could relate to your journey in the sense of like coming from a different country, even growing up, choosing the the engineering. It's pretty interesting. Um, and also because I want to do drainage engineering, so I'm like biased already. <laughs> but um, <laughs> do you think that as a bilingual person, um, do you think that the cultural difference has played um, a part in your interaction with your colleagues or, or even with the clients or, or anything here in Australia and overseas in the UK? Definitely.
2: Definitely hundred percent. Look, we are, um, we are brought up in a special way, wherever we are, you know, Australia, England, uh, Poland, just Europe itself. Uh, we are taught, uh, different things. Like I was taught, for example, uh, that having a job is one of the most important thing in your life, like a life and death thing. Hence when I went to England, for example, uh, I work super hard, long hours, with a smile on my face. So people over there learned, it's like, oh, you know, the Polish people are really hard working. And they're smiling. They're just getting hammered. But they're still smiling. It's like, oh my God, we can use that force. Us. They never have a break, so nothing. Like, no tea break, no after tea break, no cigarette break. They just do the job for three people. Uh, but what I found, you see, that's the, the that's the way that we taught um, all the people that we work like that. And then they had this expectation of us working like that all the time, which I thought was really bad. Um, you know, and that's what I brought up with me. But I settled that motion a little bit to not overdo it and not to show uh, whatever I work that I can do the job for three people. Or even so saying that. I'm doing the job now for three people, but that's a different story. It's more about uh, just being professional and just...
0: Just being a team player. Let's call it that way. (laughs) That sounds like the same story though. It's not a different story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. See, same thing, right? Rather, look, I... um, But it's embedded. Look, it's like it's some things are not embedded in you, Sohan. Some things are embedded in you, Laura. Same story with me. And this is really difficult to get rid of, but it definitely plays a big role just to show uh, the company you're working for that you are available every time and you can do extra hours for free with a smile on your face. From the other perspective, like more uh, with being uh, bilingual, uh, I tend to do some errors When I talk, and also I sometimes forget to whom I'm talking to, and I think it's forgiven to me. Hence me being Polish and possibly, uh, you know, (laughs) not uh, thinking in a in a proper English way. And uh, but it's been forgiven, sort of speak. You know, sometimes I just made little faux pas, and I'm thinking, oh my God, just it's not your friend, it's not your you know mate, it's your uh, is a transport manager just <laughs> just, yeah because we tend to sort of see those people on a daily basis and in a way uh, like I'm trying to sort of to talk to everyone not from my level of uh, name under the email you know senior da, 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 drainage engineer I don't you Know so many years expect, because that's I'm um, t- tend to see those people who are project managers and they talk to you like to a little child. It's like I don't want to talk to engineers like that, I want to talk like I'm talking right now. You know, we're on the same level. I get better uh, engagement, let's put it this way, and report with someone when I'm just normal. You know, I'm just, you're a normal just human. human talking to you, mm-hmm. not yeah, I'm not your boss, I'm not your, you know, higher than you, let's, uh, I'm a team player. So we Mm -hmm. are the same team at the same level. Okay, let's help each other. And I always come with that, that if I help someone, I enable them to help me. You know, and that's exactly what happens. So, because people tend to look for help. So they're sending me emails that just give me a second. I, I call you, I send you something. So I enable you to do it. So then you actually do the task complete on time and I don't have to worry about it. And that's the benefit for me. So just being there for people, you know. Uh, and it's really important from the as a team player um, because we are all together on the project. We are not just a one person doing one thing. We are all like um, just like in a human body with just different organs all together. And uh, it's a funny thing um, because I'm obviously talking a lot, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to one of the uh, package leads and I was throwing names this guy, this guy, you have to talk to this guy, this guy, that guy. And the package lead is looking at me. I was like, you don't know who I'm talking to. So who Who is that person? You don't know. No, I don't. I thought you're going to be talking a little bit more and I will figure it out. like, no, this gentleman is doing um, hydrants and hydraulics. This one is doing uh, electrical. This one is doing this. And the package didn't
0: even know mm. who those people are. So he was coordinating the people, but they did, he didn't know. Oh,
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you see, on that level... Uh, you have to do the sort of uh, design management or coordination and you need to know uh, sort of uh, who is responsible for what and if you've got any additional service and then funny things happen, you have to know the person who is responsible for it. And I- if you need to, you need to contact them for class detection and whatnot. But yeah, it's funny. It's funny. But yeah, being Polish, definitely, uh, I think it just, they're good I think
0: not bad I think we have much more to offer if being honest like I feel like people now as you said it when you were saying oh like you have to in order to have like a job or to be competitive in, in this industry any industry you have to have like um, two languages you have to know this is another skill right so if anything we yeah. sweet <laughs> it's an upper hand yeah <laughs>
1: But I love like that you talked about, you know, your, your flat hierarchy approach and you're very approachable. And because that's like the project we're working on and that's how I met you. That's literally what I felt like. I had to ask you for something for help. And I'm pretty sure we chatted for like two hours that day.
2: (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) But
1: But it it wasn't just,
2: yeah, it wasn't just sort of, uh, because that's, that's how I roll. It's not just only sort of project related. Uh, it's it's two chatting in between. Uh, you notice something. Oh, I'm gonna tell you this little story. And two hours later. <laughs> <laughs> but look, we it's... sorted out everything. Yeah. We uh, we went through this whole project, and uh, I've noticed something I haven't seen. You've noticed something you haven't seen, and exactly. that all all comes down to actually having a good
1: conversation. Yeah and not not dismiss anyone but it also makes like the interaction and the approach human like because like you know we're just working all the time it's just like well, you need this okay bye are not really yeah kidding.
2: you you get that sometimes for people like okay bye-bye-bye-bye-bye <laughs> like, just go go away and leave me alone i get that quite a lot whoever i'm calling it's like oh come on man you call me i spend time with you like i spend time with uh, fixing stuff for the. Uh, CSR engineers, oh, we've got this because it's their first package issued. Oh, can you help us out? So I spent hours with them so the plans look good. And I said to one of them, you owe me, man. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but
2: you know what? At the end of the day, like I said, we are we are all together in
0: it. And I think that's very important, especially when talking about like, gender inequity and like just having a community, especially for women, um, because we often tend to forget that we have each other to like rely on each other. And I think because we have yes. always been fighting to, to to prove everyone that we deserve to be the we sometimes come across as like bitchy or mean to even all the females. And we often forget that in order to sort of like move forward quicker, faster, we need to move together and we need to facilitate our like progress because otherwise no one is going to do it no one cares as much about this about us because you know we have to otherwise what are we doing yeah look
2: there is no easy path you know there is no easy path there's always you know that's your choice how you want to approach climbing up the ladder I think being being approachable uh, is a good thing uh, you know and acknowledging that's Definitely acknowledging uh, the young engineers if they did a really good job. You know, uh, that is just like a price. It's it's very important, you know. Um, sometimes I was acknowledged. Sometimes was just, yeah, you know, that's her job. It's like, would it be nice to say thank you. You know, even I spent so many hours to help you out. It would be nice to hear thank you. Just that. Nothing else. Yeah. I don't need anything else. Just that little pat in the
0: shoulder. Like, yep. I actually agree with you so much and I think that engineering just started to, like, I started to realise about this and is, and I would like to hear your thoughts about this. Um, I think in engineering it's a very, like, no one actually thanks you for anything. Like, no one at work, everyone is, like, sort of pointing out the things that you should have considered or that you should consider, but no one is actually telling you, oh, like, Great job. And and I think it's important because especially as women, we're very, um, you know, we, we are maternal and we like that sort of like, oh, like you did a good job encouragement. And I'm not, I'm not saying like we like validation, but you know, it's good to know that you're doing great. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, like, that's really, really important. But also on a sort of very organic level, rather, you, you can definitely tell if someone's saying this, like, oh, good job, whatever this means. Or if someone is really like, you did a really good job there. You know, you can feel it even if you're talking to someone or if it's written. It's really important. I've got here with um, at Arup uh, a graduate, a male engineer, very bright. I can I can definitely see a really bright future for this man. But last time I told him, I said, like, "Look, uh, Chris, do not just accept what I'm saying. Okay, do not argue with me. You know, give me ideas. Maybe your idea is gonna be better, and then we're gonna go with it. You know, it's like." Not always I'm 100% right. Okay. Just make a discussion with me and do not, I never agree to what I'm just saying is actually correct. And you should do that with everyone. Like we had the ones, and he started to do it. But imagine I disagree with this. Like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Your idea is better idea. Let's go with it. And he was like, oh. It's like, yep. I do agree. See, this is what uh, collaboration is all about. It's not about who are holding the power stick. You know, you listen to me because I'm saying to you this must be done like that. No, you argue. If someone tells you something, you argue. Or you give an ideas, If it's dismissed, fine. You know, like literally I, um, I gave my drainage lead uh, an idea, Jesus, two months ago. She came back with the same idea yesterday to me and I said, right. I (laughs) told you that two months ago, man. There's a bit of a lag there. There you go. You know, going in a circle. Um, So I'm teaching this graduate to sort of, to not just accept, to ask questions, to not be afraid, you know. But sometimes I also think that they don't know that they have to ask questions. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Because they don't think further. They don't think further than the, you know, certain... uh, sort of schematics okay i'm asking someone to do this they go and do it but they don't don't look further than that they don't consider oh this is connected to this can i check that no
0: hence me correcting stuff right now (laughs) because yes but well they don't have the engineering judgment that comes with experience yeah
2: yes yes like it's uh it's a, it's a designing element that you have to, when you learn it, you have to consider everything around uh, and what's involved in it. It's not just a moving things from point A to point B. It's more uh, to it. And I explained in you know, some sort of meetings, like, you know, you guys think, give me two days. like I need to change things. And before I even press the button. I need to do so many things to connect, to reconnect, to reshape, blah, blah, blah. It's like so many things, like manually to do before I even press the button. You know, it's like, please consider that. But it's really always good to challenge those more experienced uh, engineers. Always. Always go ask questions. Always say, why uh, can we do it differently? You know, if you're young, Specifically, female engineer, you have Mm. to uh, you have to raise your voice. Otherwise, you're not gonna be heard at all. You know, even myself, I'm not heard. But you know what? I'm trying my best to be. And then, uh, yes. And if something will actually uh, happens, exactly what I said, I will make a point of it. Like I said that before. You know, copy paste there on that date. Okay. Yeah. You know, That's because really nice. it's a, it's it comes then with experience that something like this happened and happened not just once, a few times, and the outcome was exactly the same. But those things come with experience, you know, that you've done it before, you've seen it before. Um, it's not to just, you know, stick, stick out the fingers like I told you so. It's more to, uh, if I see something, it's kind of incorrect, you know, something completely even not really related with drainage, but. It affects me, and I can see what's going to happen. I advise the designer to look. Explanation. That's going to happen. Let's revert that. You know, let's do this. Let's do that. Please attach your surface to the retaining wall. Do not create the gaps. (laughs) So all those tiny little details. Unfortunately, they need to be closed uh, for the final design, but young engineers should ask questions. Always. Always. And... In a way, a little bit undermine someone else's sort of uh, directions just to make those people think. Because, you know, it's like we're driving. You're driving to work every day. You tend to sometimes dream out and you uh, open your eyes like, oh, I'm already here. So how did that happen? So we do things mechanically every day when we there's a repetition so uh, the same the same the same and if someone doesn't challenge you that's why i like uh when the graduate is challenging me and makes me think outside the box you know and their ideas like chris's idea was great hmm. absolutely yeah. great it's like, okay and he was happy like yeah i got you there' like yes you <laughs> that's how he also built confidence yeah 100 yeah <laughs> Yeah, look, but you have to allow them to do so. You know, if you're so rigid, if you're male or female, and you don't allow them to do so, uh, they're not gonna progress anywhere. You know, it's just gonna they go follow, follow you like little ships. It's like no, there's a many routes you can go around. You can go and discover something interesting. Yeah, so good advice to young engineers and females. You have to be heard, especially as
1: so I was really curious, and you can tell me if this is a silly question, <laughs> but, um, you know, given all the work still to be done, you know, for gender equity and progress that we need to make um, and how difficult things can be sometimes for females, would you want your daughters to be in STEM? Yes. Love it. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. Uh,
2: it's fun. Um, it's rewarding, however you see that, uh, like it's. it depends also whatever they want to do in, in their life, I will allow them to do so. I'm not going to be forcing my girls to uh, be someone they don't want to be, you know, if they want to go and work in a coffee shop, by all means go. Away. You know, that's your life and uh, you will design it by yourself. But I will definitely like them to be, uh, or maybe at this one, an engineer. <laughs> Cause it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. You know, in the, oh, once upon a time when I was uh, 15, 16, oh no, sorry, just before I finished college actually. So that's 17, 18. Uh, my good friend's father, he was a structural engineer. He told me one thing. Marzena, you've chosen yourself a really good occupation. And I was thinking, Really? It's like, yep. It's like, why is that? Because it will always rain and people will always poo. So you will always have a job. You're like much more experienced plumber. Plumbing is like full on. You know, that's the highest earning, you know, job in the world, plumbing, you know, if something breaks in your heart, how much money you have to spend, you know, for a plumber to come to your house. Well, uh, I'm lucky. never had a opportunity <laughs> to uh, experience that. But I heard it's like 500, 600, 1,000 bucks for repairs. Like, what? What? So, yes. Yeah, so, with that advice, I took on board. And he was right. He was absolutely right. Like, through all this pandemic and whatnot, civil engineering
1: still on. <laughs> Okay. We just have this thing like where we'd like to ask like some quick questions just to keep it light. Okay. You know, Cause everything's like so heavy. So it's just like, what are your hobbies? My hobbies,
2: uh, my hobbies is I being arty and crafty. I recently, uh, built my coffee table and hallway table. And I painted my whole apartment, put up all the lighting patterns, all that stuff and built bits and bobs. And I've got an Etsy little shop when I'm selling my uh, children's artwork. That is oh, so cool. That's my hobbies. Yeah. Uh, if, I, if I could go back to my old hobbies, that would be sports motorbike riding, off-road riding, uh,
1: yeah, and other, oh, snowboarding. Oh my gosh, incredible. <laughs> okay, if you were given yeah. a free ticket to go anywhere, where would you go? Uh, Fiji. Very
0: oh cool. wow. yeah..
2: Fiji, Beautiful. Fiji with my kids for a little holiday, just like three weeks of nothingness and cocktail, and the people looking after my kids, that's it.
0: I have one, I have one. If you didn't choose engineering, what would you be doing? Probably hairdressing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't do what that teacher said you'd do. <laughs> if I seriously listened to that teacher of mine and she put me down like a bug and squeezed me there to the bottom, probably I would have done that. Look, I, uh, I once upon a time when I was 13, 14, I wanted to go to art school, okay? But the art school was far away. Uh, it was like in a dingy building. That wasn't like here, you know, fancy... Uh, fencing and security. No, there was just a, you know, the really like Russian-looking building. And there was a school, no protection or nothing uh, in a rented little room. And as a 14-year-old, my mom said to me, no, no, you cannot go. I was crying my eyes out. And, you know, when my dad still lived, that was maybe like five years ago, he saw my artwork, which I'm selling on Etsy, and he told me, he told me that i chosen the wrong occupation. Okay. He said to me that he's sorry he didn't send me to that school. But what he sees, he said, you have such a talent that you never really fully use it.
1: You have to send okay. us that at We'll do <laughs>
2: it. He said, you, yeah, that is beautiful. And he said to me, you've chosen the wrong occupation. Wow. So that
0: words from my dad. So... It's been an absolute pleasure having you here in the podcast. Thank you so much for accepting this um, this invitation. Um, I will be 100% getting in touch with you just so I can ask you heaps of questions about the industry. You're truly inspiring, as I said before. Well, Zina, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. <laughs> it's
1: been really thank lovely you. chatting to you. And I have to agree with Laura, you would make a great mentor.
0: This is the expression of interest. <laughs> good good good. Thank you again right. for the invitation and that was absolute pleasure.